How are you doing today? You're looking good. We're starting our series about Advents, and we're going to take the next few weeks, and we're going to we're going to take a little journey about what it what it took to get to this place. The reason for the season, right, uh, is Jesus, and we know that. But I want to take some time over the next few weeks and talk about this journey and everything that went into that. And so we're going to be looking at a few different people, a few different things that led up to this. And when you came in, you received a bulletin. There's an outline where you can follow along. And you'll see that today I've got a number of scriptures I want to, I want to go over with you. But I want to talk today about these two specific here that we saw in this video. And it's an understanding that we're going to be dealing with Mary and Elizabeth. Mary and Elizabeth, it, it, it blows my mind to think of how God does so many things in our lives. And we're going to focus specifically on life being disrupted. Have you ever had your life disrupted? Well, we could probably both, you know, raise both our hands. And, and a, life has a way of challenging us. But when I think about this story and, and how it led up to just the beginning, you know, when Jesus was coming in. Um, here we have Mary, who's a young woman who's never been with a man who is now pregnant. Try to figure that one out, right? And, and then in the same breath, we've got somebody by the name of Elizabeth, who, as we'll find out in a moment, the Bible says she's well beyond her child-bearing uh, years, and she's pregnant as well. And I thought one of the most powerful pictures, I thought, is when I looked at the two of them, belly to belly, and there you had Jesus and John the Baptist, right? Uh, just the potential uh, of what was going to take place. And, and we'll find out later in Scripture that even when Mary came into the room and uh, Elizabeth was there, it says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, that John the Baptist in the womb leapt because it recognized that voice and that calling. Uh, how many of you know, though, when you're a teenage girl um, who's very young and you're pregnant and you say that you've never been with a man, that's going to be a hard one to explain. Can we agree on that? Um, let alone being a woman who's, let's just say, 70 and above because the Bible never really clarifies how old Elizabeth was, but all of a sudden she becomes pregnant. How are you going to explain that one, right? And so I found it interesting to me that when my life personally gets disrupted, God always shows up. He always answers, but he always does it in strange ways, right? He always does it in, in these awkward or odd ways. And I've come to be a firm believer that Jesus answers in his own way, in his own time. By the way, God's timing is perfect, isn't it? Amen. Can we agree on that? It's just sometimes we don't agree with his timing because we've got our timetable. But I believe that God knows exactly what it is that we need. And so sometimes I just think he does, he answers prayers in crazy ways because he wants everyone to know without a shadow of a doubt that did not happen because of you. That was all God. And so I want to talk about Mary and Elizabeth, two women that had their lives disrupted. And maybe you can identify with that today. Maybe your, your life is disrupted, something is happening in your family, with your children, with your spouse, your job, your money. What happens when life gets disrupted? Um, because at the end of the day, there is always hope in Jesus Christ. You can always find hope in Jesus, but we forget that when things happen in life. So in the video that we just watched, we saw two women uh, whose lives had quite a turn. I think we can agree on that. 
the term disrupted definitely fits their life and what they're facing right now. No one would have expected the events to unfold that way. Um, maybe you can relate with that. I'm going, you're, today you're going through something and you don't know how you got here. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what the next step is to take. Maybe you're not experiencing the immaculate conception, but you're going through something that came out of left field. And you're wondering, how did we end up here? How did I end up here? How, what do we do next? Have you ever run headlong into something that's unseen, that powerfully disrupted your life? You, you, you probably have if you've lived long enough. If you've not experienced that, just wait. It's coming. Because life has a way of throwing curveballs and knuckleballs and, and things that, that, that can become hard to, hard to hit. But here's what I want to do. I want to back up just a little bit. And let's look back at how it all started. <clears throat> in the book of Luke, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter 1, verse 26, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, this is an amazing thing. Uh, think with me for a moment. How many of you would just be in awe if an angel of the Lord showed up today and said uh, that you are his, his beloved? He says, greetings, highly favored to you. And she had to be thinking, what, what's going on? It, I, I think if it were me, though, I'd probably do this. If an angel showed up and said, uh, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you, I'd be like, what do you want, Right? Because that's kind of the way we live in a jaded world. You know, I'm favored and I'm blessed, but what, what's coming down the pike, right? And here's where Mary starts to find out what's going to take place. This all sounds so sweet and exciting at the very beginning until we understand that this lady's likely a, a teenager, a very young teenager, 13, 14, 15 years old. She's engaged to be married. And now she has some explaining to do, right? She has some explaining to do. Um, how would that play out? Let's just put it in today's world, okay? Somebody that ends up pregnant does so because of something else that happened. You just didn't wake up that way. But Mary's saying, no, an angel of the Lord came down and spoke to me and said, this is the way it was going to be. And she had to make a choice. Was she going to completely believe the, uh, the word of God, her father, or was she going to choose to believe what the world had to say. It was, a, it was a difficult choice for her. But yet we see it wasn't difficult very long because she embraced that and said, Lord, whatever it is that you want. She simply obeyed. And she knew that there was going to be a price. She, but she had to be thinking to herself, how, how am I, I going to explain this to my parents? Right? Let's take it back to the Bible days, right? They married younger. Getting married was... Uh, getting married was extremely important highly valued, and the number of kids that you had was extremely important. And she's thinking, how am I going to explain this to my mom and my dad? How am I going to explain this, how about to Joseph? You know, how, how am I going to tell him this is what happened in the word of the Lord? Is Joseph going to be like, oh, word of the Lord, my ankle, you know, or is he going to understand? Is he going to be able to receive that? You see, she probably would be thinking too, how how am I going to explain this to my community, to the people that I live with that 
now that my life is disrupted, people are going to talk about me. I mean, just imagine it for a moment that she had to walk through this, the immaculate conception and the community's looking at her, talking about her, whispering behind her back, little words of gossip, uh, gossip here and there. So the, the whispers and the gossip and what others say, that, that can be very hurtful. But the most important thing when your life gets disrupted is this, what does God have to say? What is God speaking to you? Maybe you're here today and your life is disrupted. My question is not, how are you going to fix it or what are you going to do? It's what does God have to say? Because in our world, when our life gets disrupted, we try to fix it right away. We try to medicate it or self-medicate it. We try to put a band-aid over it. We try to pretend it's not there. And if it's blatantly obvious, then we befriend it and, and attempt to use it. But sometimes when you're going through the disruptions in life, you got to stop and say, Jesus, what are you trying to speak to me? Lord, what do you have to say? And are you going to be willing to obey when, it, when it's difficult and your life is being disrupted? So it's going to, I want to give you three things that we, we can focus on. And here's number one in the outline. Write this down. Write down untimely timing. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but write down untimely timing. Um, when our life gets disrupted, uh, once again, God's timing is perfect. Agreed? Okay. So God sees the big picture. We don't. But how many times have we tried to tell God what it is that he needs to do? And then when it doesn't work out that way, we can get all bent out of shape, not realizing or maybe forgetting that God sees the big picture. And it's not that he's not listening. It's not that he doesn't care. But God sees something that we don't. When your life is disrupted, there can be some untimely timing. You, you likely know at least most of Mary's story. But what about the couple Zechariah and Elizabeth? Um, Elizabeth who in the above passage is in her sixth month of pregnancy. Six months of, ladies that are here that are over 65, y'all want to be pregnant, six months pregnant? I'll probably get a big no to that one, right? Not going to happen, not, don't want that to happen. But let's go back a few verses and see how we, how we got here. With Elizabeth being advanced in age, Mary being so young, both of them being pregnant. Luke chapter 1 verse 5 says, When Herod was king of Judea, there was a priest by the name of Zechariah, this is Elizabeth's husband, from the priestly group of Abiha. His wife Elizabeth was from the family of Aaron. Both of them were good people and pleased the Lord by obeying all that he had commanded. But they did not have children. Elizabeth could not have any. And both Zechariah and Elizabeth were already old. Now, he just calls it right out there. He didn't even like ease into it. He said, they're old. These guys are old, old, like dirt old. Kids ain't gonna happen old. And it's important that we draw that out, not just to laugh or be like, you know, teehee. In other words, human effort can never make something happen here, but God can. You see, this is the untimely timing. She thought, there's no way this can happen. I mean, I wanted children because the more children I have, the more of a blessing I am in the community and to the community and what it says about me. And I can't have children, so now people are talking about me. And then you got Mary over here. I'm a teenager. I've never been with a man and I'm pregnant and nobody believes me. And you've got these two together. This is, this is amazing to me, just the way that God works, because in my life I've seen God work in so many unique and weird ways. 
Now, I did not call God weird. It was weird to me, uh, awkward, unique. There's a better word. It was unique how God had moved. Luke describes this older couple, excuse me, Elizabeth and Zechariah, that they were beyond their childbearing years. And he describes them as good people. They were good people, and they, not just good people, but they were people that were living by faith. And we learned that Zechariah was a priest. He was a man of God. Yet something was missing. In a culture that placed value on couples having children, they had none until. And this is where it starts to turn. The whole untimely timing. You never know how life is going to pan out. And the question is, is are you ready for... for, for fully obeying God when things all of a sudden start to go a little different. Uh, if you've been here long enough, you've heard some stories about Lisa and I, and early in our years, we had trouble having children. Um, we experienced a, a couple miscarriages early on in our, in our, <clears throat> excuse me, in our marriage. Uh, we experienced a stillborn death and had to go through the delivery process. Even the children we have now, we had difficulty getting them into this world. But, and when I say we, it was really her. Uh, but, you know, we did this together. And our first year of marriage, after the first miscarriage happened, you know, our hearts were broken like yours would be. And maybe some of you are here today and you've walked through those doorways and you've experienced the reality of that, that pain. You start doing things like this. What did I do wrong? What, what, why, why am I being punished? You're, you know, you start thinking things like that. And, and we had to walk through that. It, it didn't work out quite the way we expected, but we moved on. And then we went to Bible college in Dallas, Texas, Christ for the Nations. We were there for two years. And in the second year of being at Bible college, Lisa informed me, oh, you're going to be a dad. And I was scared and excited in the same breath, right? Um. Because in the back of your mind, what you're not saying is, is, is this one going to work, right? Is it going to lie? Are we going to be, be okay? And we didn't say it. You don't dare say it, right? Because it's like a jinx kind of thing, you know? We don't want to do any of that stuff. But, but it was in the back of my mind. And I thought, okay, maybe we'll be okay this time. And, and, and so we had everything figured out. We, we, we planned it all out. Um, I plan quietly in my head. Lisa plans out loud. All, you know, all over paper and everything, and all over the house, really, decorations and getting rooms ready. And, and that, that's great. I'm not making fun of that. We, we make a good team because I'm like, go. And if she does something I'm not real happy with, then I usually keep it to myself. But, uh, <laughs> hey, this is real church, okay? Um, so we were there, and we had it all figured out. As far along as she is, by the time she gives birth, it'll be at the end of the year when we're graduating, perfect timing. We can move home. We can have this baby. We, we got it figured out financially. We got it figured out uh, as far as the move. And then we had everything figured out until we had our second miscarriage. And I, I got to tell you, I really struggled with that. Uh, how, how can I be a Bible college student and love Jesus and tell people about how great he is when right now I, I don't know how I feel about him? That, that's just the reality. And I was struggling with it. We had a plan and until. How many of you have ever had a plan until? 
life shows up until you lost that job, until something with a relationship, until, until, until. And the question is not will there be disruptions in life. The question is, is will you continue to obey God in the middle of the disruption? Mary, I'm sure, wasn't too fond of being made fun of and being snickered at and looked down upon. Elizabeth, I'm sure she struggled to some regard. You know, how can I be be this advanced in age and, and be pregnant. The only thing she had going for at the time was her husband couldn't talk, right? Which I noticed you ladies laughed at quite a bit. We didn't know what to do with that. We thought things through. We had a plan and, and then something changed. Well, let me, let me back up and tie this into the scripture because we read in Luke chapter 1, verse 11, it says, at once an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah. Elizabeth's husband, at the right side of the altar. Zechariah was confused. He was afraid when he saw the angel, but the angel told him, don't be afraid. Zechariah, God has heard your prayers, and your wife Elizabeth will have a son, and you must name him John. Now, I'll get back to my illustration. I'll tie that back in here in a moment. But here an angel of the Lord shows up to Zechariah and says, you're going to be a dad, she's going to be a mom, and you must, she, he didn't even say, you know, why don't you consider John? Or, you know, John, I hear, is pretty popular right now. It's in the top ten of boy He said, you must. You must name him John. And the angel's encounter with Elizabeth and Zechariah reminds us that God's timing is always perfect, even when it doesn't look like it to us. Anybody else that looked at them at that time and in that day thought they're an odd family. But I'm here to tell you, we're all odd. All right, But it doesn't change the fact that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. God has a plan for you and me. And His timing is perfect no matter how much you think yours is better. When you get to that disruption, are you going to follow Him? Are you going to listen to Him? You see, there will be surprises along the way in life. Things that just pop up. Sometimes you feel like you're just playing a gigantic game of whack-a-mole, right? Trying to put out fires. But that's not... That's not how he designed us to live. There will also be blessings beyond our imagination that show up in this lifetime. There will be struggles that might bring us to our knees. Yet we have this promise from God's word. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. It says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. These are exact words that Zechariah probably needed to hear. Elizabeth needed to hear. Mary needed to hear. They all needed to hear this. You see, Lisa and I, when we found out that we were pregnant for the second time, figured out that we didn't have it all figured out. We, we learned that we didn't know as much as we thought we knew. Um, our job in the midst of that disruption was to remain faithful. Well, remain faithful even when you're angry at them, especially when you're angry at them. Especially. Did you just say it's okay to be angry at God? Yes, I believe it is. Be angry, don't sin, the Bible says. But let him, let him minister to you. Well, if you just tell me why. God doesn't always give you the answers you want, does he? He doesn't always give you the, tell you the, the end um, but he does see the big picture. I can imagine Zechariah. 
this well-schooled priest, uh, quoting the verses from Isaiah to a shocked Elizabeth. I'm what? <laughs> How far along? You know, and she's, she's freaking out and realizes she's going to be giving birth in her twilight years. She's probably... Uh, you know, how can this be, she may have asked, or maybe even screamed. Who knows? But the words, do not fear for I am with you, would have been appropriate for all of them in that situation amidst a life that was disrupted. He wants to know, where are you going to place your trust in this untimely timing? Here's the second one. Write this down. Unexpected encouragement. When, when you're going through life's disruptions, Look for and or give unexpected encouragement. Let me return back to Mary for a moment. Mary's story. She's been informed by the angel. Uh, Remember, Mary's a virgin. She's never been with the guy. She's been told you'll conceive a son who will be called Jesus. Also that her much, she's also told this, that her much older relative, Elizabeth, uh, will give birth. And so it continues in Luke and says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, Mary, and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Now that last line is one of the most, one of the most important. Blessed is the one who believes that the Lord is going to fulfill his word. She believed. That's what made a big difference. She believed in God. She believed that though I'm going to be mocked and I'm sneered at and made fun of, I know that God has spoke to me. Mary and Elizabeth's joyful greeting, it reminds us the power of an encouraging word. Think of it. Mary's been walking around. Everyone's looking at her funny, whispering behind her back. She probably had nobody that was really encouraging her, not even mom and dad. I'm not saying I know anything. I'm saying it probably was hard for her mom and dad to go, "Ah, I don't know. You know, and she wasn't getting very much encouraged until she went to see Elizabeth. And isn't it just like the Lord? You know, she's feeling like she's the only one. I'm the oddball out. And then she shows up and sees, uh, whatever, Elizabeth in her 60s, 70s, six months pregnant. She had to be scratching her head thinking, what is going on around here? Right? And the words that Elizabeth spoke to Mary so encouraged her heart. You see, in a world not like on ours, often obsessed with judging others and their people's relationships. This shows us the strength of the power of an encouraging word. Not only to be encouraged, we all want to be encouraged, but if you want to be encouraged, what do you think you should do? Maybe encourage others. Maybe look for speaking into somebody's life in a positive way. So again, I read from Isaiah. We have these words concerning uh, from God. It says, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. If you're here today, and you need more power, more energy, more strength. He says, you find it in the presence of God. It says, even youths will grow tired and weary, and young men will stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, they're the ones that are going to renew their strength. 
They will soar with wings like e- on, uh, soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not be faint. Zechariah could have taken this passage and used it to encourage Elizabeth and Mary, or both, or even himself. During this season, as we exchange gifts at Christmas time, may I challenge you that one of the gifts, one of the greatest gifts we can give is a word of encouragement to the people around us. But how, how often do we, or how little do we do that? You see, an encouraging word can change your life. You know, I told you that we experienced a couple miscarriages and um, we got home and uh, we were here and we found out that we're pregnant one more time. And um, we made it all the way up to seven months, I believe, before we experienced the stillborn death. I want to tell you, kicking somebody, this is what it felt like, kicking me while I'm down. Um, We just went for a normal checkup. And at the normal checkup, uh, they couldn't find a heartbeat. And we were told, I, they said, we don't know how to tell you this, but your, ba- your baby's not alive. And I thought, that, that can't be. We had miscarriages, and we made it over the, what we thought was that hump, you know? And, and now, th- this? And I think it was some of God's grace, the nurse that was there happened to attend our church. Uh, she's more like a mom to me, you know, when I was a kid. So I was so glad she was, you know, you're not glad to hear that news, but you're glad you got somebody that cares about you. And I thought, God, how can this be? And we walked through that season in our life. Talk about having a disrupted life. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know where to go. And it was a few months later, we went to a conference at Camp Hickory and we were trying to navigate through that waves of grief. There's times when she'd be crying in, in a pile and I would just hold her. And then it could be an hour later, I was crying in a pile and she was holding me in it. You know, you just you go back and forth. And we were at this conference and um, they went shopping because shopping cures everything. And uh, my mom, and how many of you, most of you know Ted and Sue Olbrick, you know, I know not everybody does, but Sue Olbrick is, um, she's just kind of got a, a, a gift of giving a prophetic word or, or just, if anything, an encouraging word. But it's not just an encouraging word like, you know, it'll be all right, you know, well, anybody can say that. But she has more of this anointing of a prophetic word. And I wasn't there, I didn't see this or hear it or witness it. But Lisa, just in an ordinary way, was in the bathroom at um, Camp Hickory, and they were, she was washing her hands. And um, thank you for washing your hands, by the way. And um, Sue happened to be there, and she was washing her hands. And without missing a beat, Sue looked over at her and said, you're going to have a baby in your seventh year of marriage, and you're going to have a boy. Now, I know for some of you in the house here, when it comes to people doing prophetic words, You get a little, I don't know about that. I'm the same way, okay? But I think God knows that, and that's why he used somebody that we know and that we trust. But I also got to be very transparent with you. She told me this and said, Sue told me that we're going to have a baby in our seventh year of marriage, and we're going to have a boy. And I was like, I don't know. Do you believe her? You know? And I started addressing it with my natural instincts. And I want to believe it, but I don't want to get my hopes up. You know what I mean? And um, so we were just struggling, and, 
And so since I wasn't there for the encouragement, it was spoken to Lisa and Lisa told me about it. And all we heard was this. We heard that you'll have a baby in the seventh year of your marriage and you'll have a boy. Now, if you know my family at all, you know the first child we had was a girl. And then we had a boy. So you just never know how God's going to work. Because when I, I went back, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I said, God was faithful. And I went back to that phrase right there, and because I thought to myself, she said, "You'll have a boy in your seventh, or you'll have a baby in your seventh year of marriage, and you'll have a boy." And I went back and looked at that, and I went, "Wait a minute, maybe it was, you'll have a baby in your seventh year of marriage, period, and you'll have a boy, period." See, I didn't get that. I didn't catch that. I didn't see that. I was just worried about making it through another day, hoping that we could get it. Get it to the end, you know? And, and, and even when our children were born, you know, it was difficult. One was, they were both premature. One was jaundiced. The other one, they just, they were just screwing things up every which way, you know? And they kept on doing that even after they came out of the womb. So, uh, oh, they're, they're good kids. They're, they're all grown now. Now they're, they're 25. Dre is 25 and Seth's 22. Where does the time go? But I look back upon that and think of how my life was so disrupted and felt like it was torn apart. The question remains when your life is disrupted, do you trust God and will you obey him? And may we not overlook the words of Isaiah. In our weaknesses, God is strong. He's strong. He gives us strength. And then the last one, write down with me, unmatched miracles. When you feel like your life is disrupted, you know, may we pause this season and just embrace the untimely timing that life brings our way. And may we look for opportunities to be that source of unexpected encouragement among those that we encounter in, in this life. Because God has many miracles out there, and here's how I know it. On November 21st, 1998, our daughter was born. On July 1st, 2001, my son was born. And I, I could have chose not to believe in that promise. But I, I decided to be faithful in what I heard the Lord speaking. You know, Mary and Elizabeth, they've got two boys that are being ready to be born. One voice is crying or was going to cry, prepare the way. While the other one, who the way was prepared for, would eventually come and give himself for you and me. It says in John chapter 1, some Pharisees had been sent to John the Baptist and they asked him, why are you baptizing people if you're not the Messiah or Elijah or a prophet? John told them, I use water to baptize, but here with you is someone you don't know. You don't understand him on the level that sons and daughters do because there's always great hope. John chapter 1, verse 29 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Here he is, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, the unmatched miracle is simply this. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave us one and only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. My prayer for you today as we get ready to leave is to never lose hope. But make sure you're placing it in the right place. 
not in you, not in man, not in this world, but placing it in God. You know, one thing that doesn't, doesn't get spoken of very often is uh, the men, in this story at least, is they don't talk much about Joseph and they don't talk much about Zechariah. And, um, you know, they, they don't always, always hit that. But these two guys were doing everything they knew to do. They were doing all the right things. They were trying to fix this. They were trying to be there. They were trying to make sure everything was taken care of, doing all the right stuff, jumping through all of the hoops. But then, all of a sudden, things changed. If you're here today, God's not, and you feel like you're in a disrupted situation, God doesn't want you to jump through hoops. He wants you to just completely follow after him and obey him. His timing is perfect. If God has spoken a promise to you, he will be faithful to fulfill it. But when, pastor, when God's ready, when you're ready, and I don't know and you don't know that time, but he does. So what do we do? Ephesians 5. Therefore, while we wait on this, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live in love, just as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us, a sacrificial and fragrant offering to God. As we leave this place today, Michael's going to lead us in a time of worship. If there's something somewhere where you've misplaced your hope, recalibrate it today. Don't become a victim. Become a victor. Because you've already been given the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Michael.